You're listening to Intentionally Catholic, a podcast about living our Catholic faith with joy and intention. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Hansen. Welcome to Intentionally Catholic. Today, we're dialed in on Lent. You know, when I entered the church about 10 years ago or so, I wasn't familiar with Lent. I spent my entire life in a number of different Protestant denominations, but none of them really talked about Lent. Either that or I was checked out the whole time I was there. I cannot remember much conversation about Lent. And then all of a sudden, here I was jumping into this Catholic thing and encountering Lent for the first time. It was a little bit strange in the beginning, but I did wrap my brain around the idea pretty quickly. It's a beautiful season. I like that part of it. I like the focus on what I've done and what Jesus has done for me. But here's the problem. Here's my big problem anyway. I can't think of one single Lent in the last 10 years that's been terribly successful spiritually for me. You know, usually it's a combination of things. I try to give up too much and I end up failing, or I just get busy with life. You know, I lose focus, I forget, and then all of a sudden we're in that final stretch. Easter's just around the corner and I'm realizing that I've got to find a way to cram 40 days of Lent into Holy Week. It's called Lent regret and I struggle with it quite a bit. Maybe you do too. Well, today is all about beating Lent regret. And to help us do that, I'm joined as always by Father Ron Hutchinson, who has 10 simple ways that each of us can get the most out of this Lent. Now let's jump in. And Father, I think I want to start right at the beginning. What is Lent? And I guess more specifically and more importantly, why is the season on the calendar? What does the church want us to get out of Lent? Okay. Well, what is Lent? I mean, Lent is a series of uh, days. In this case, it's 40 days prior to the season of Easter or the actual celebration of Easter. Um, The intention is to prepare ourselves for the greatest feast of the church's year, which is Easter. Sorry, not Christmas, Easter. (laughs) Um, And so we're preparing ourselves through uh, practices. In, In this case, it's prayer, fasting, and almsgiving are kind of the main practices Um, of Lent, and we use those forms of penance as a way of preparing ourselves for the celebration of Easter so that we're renewed, we have new life. I mean, the reality is the word Lent actually comes from the Old English word Lenten, which means springtime or spring. Um, And, you know, the actual, uh, the Latin word is quadragesima, which means 40. uh, So it's kind of like you have the two senses of what the season is, the day, number of days and what it's about. But I mean, we think of spring as a time to everything's coming alive. So we use Lent as a way to come alive. All right. All right. So that's that's what the church has got it in place for. It's hoping that we'll kind of come alive again and be ready to celebrate Easter in the fullest possible sense each year, you know, each time it comes mm-hmm. around. Now, I know with that in mind, you've got 10 different Lenten practices that will help us get the most out of Lent. Yeah, I came up with the uh, 10 different Um, To some extent, they're a little bit uh, out of the ordinary. Um, They're not the actual um, kind of traditional things. I mean, usually when you hear of Lent, everybody says, what are you giving up? What are you giving up? And I think there is a, a, a... something positive that can come from giving up things. And I will talk about that as one of the options. But I'd like to first say, um, when we think of fasting during Lent, we immediately think of food. And I would like to suggest this year that people have a tech fast, technology fast in the evening. um, So they come home, put their phones someplace, 
Um, it doesn't mean that it's still not available if there's an emergency. Put it on, you know, it's off vibrate and onto sound, and but that you're not holding on to a phone or an iPad, you know, so that you're not just scrolling through the evening, wasting time, wasting energy, um, so that maybe that time could be used for something else. So you're allowing us the freedom to have it during the day. We can still use it for our job or whatever. But then when evening hits, we can maybe stop that doom scrolling. Yes, the doom scrolling has got to stop. And, you know, the problem is that if we think about it, we we literally waste hours evening after evening that could be used for more positive things. Well, I know the person that um, actually helped develop the technology for the uh, perpetual scrolling really regretted that in the end oh. because it, yeah, it just sucks people down a rabbit hole it does. and the time it is does. just gone. So the first idea that you've got is to give up fast on the tech. What's next? So that then it could open you up to the second thing that I'm suggesting, which is to, uh, and many of the things that I'm going to suggest now, read a portion of sacred scripture each evening. Take the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to read um, the end of Matthew's gospel or the end of Mark's gospel. I'm going to read from like the beginning of the passion, so to speak, all Mm -hmm. the way through the crucifixion. Just to read a very small portion. I'm not talking about a massive piece of scripture, you know, a couple verses just to kind of connect yourself to the season. So when you're talking about that, what are you thinking time-wise like an investment here? I'm thinking like this is maybe a 10 minute investment, all right, to be all right. honest with you. So it's not like it's going to take up your whole evening. So, you know, that, but just a little investment. The other opportunity that having this tech fast could create is the opportunity to maybe read a spiritual book, read something uh, that is, you've always thought, like, I want to learn more about the Eucharist or I want to learn more about Mary or I, whatever it may be, but find a good spiritual book, which all you have to do is go to uh, the Catholic bookstore down at the at Cathedral Square and they've got like lots of options or Amazon, Google, you know, Google opportunities. Talk to your priests, you know, talk to other friends that have read things and say, you know, what should I read? And so that could be another opportunity to use that time for. Do you have any recommendations for books? Uh, you know, there are some great books right now that um, I have just read recently uh, that um, you could, it, there's one called Jesus and the Eucharist, and Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, which is really good, or Jesus and the Jewish Roots of Mary. So there's, this author has written tons of books. They're all good. They're all really great. Or maybe you take the, uh, I've, I've got just, I have a pile of books back behind me right here in my office. And you know, I've got one on Padre Pio. I've got one on various other, you know, I've got ones on various other saints that I keep saying sure. I'm going to get to, I'm going to get to these, you know, so my pile just keeps growing, but I've got a pile back here. And so I just think that uh, it's true of many people. You've got things that you've thought about or people, individuals you've wanted to read more about. Hey, this is the opportunity. Well, I can't recommend those two books that you started with, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of Mary. I can't recommend those enough because they're very scholarly in um, the information that you come away with, but it's it's presented in such a relatable manner. They are very easy to read. Uh, I absolutely yeah, love hard. those two. So, yeah, we'll put links in yeah. the show notes so people can check those out. 
What number are okay. we on on your list? Well, actually, to be honest with you, we're now number three. All right. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Lexio Divina each day. Lexio Divina. Lexio is a long tradition of using a small piece of scripture, maybe the gospel of the day, reading it the first time, and then thinking to yourself, well, what struck me? And writing that down. What Write down the words or phrases that struck you. And then how about you take and you read it again a little more slowly the next time. And you say to yourself, did those same things still strike me? And then you read it a third time, even more slowly, and check and make sure it's still the same things that are kind of hitting mm-hmm. you. And then you, after that, you ask God, why are these the things that you want to put before me? What are you trying to say to me through these? And just open yourself to that moment, okay? And it may be that you start thinking about that. You know, what is it about these that are... That, you know, what? how do they apply to my life? How do they apply to my present situation? You know, um, and whatever comes to your mind, you just say, that's a gift from God uh, that he's trying to help me to see something with that. Maybe a person is going to pop into your mind or um, a memory, and you're going to then just use that as a part of prayer to thank God for that time, for that thing that's popped in your head. And then begin to maybe jot some notes about, like, what is this really saying to me? No, I love that. Yeah, and there's and there's lots of sources out there for Lexio Divina. So I mean, and I'm giving a very quick, you know, sense of it. But all you have to do is type that in and say, how do I how do I do Lexio Divina? Google it, and it, it there's stuff out there. Okay. All right. The fourth one: attend one or two extra daily masses each week. Meaning, most people go to Sunday. Mm-hmm. What about going to a Monday and a Friday, or a Monday and a Thursday, or a Tuesday and a Friday, whatever? Add a couple daily masses into your schedule. Now, for many people, maybe they're going to say, well, that doesn't really work with my life and my work schedule. Okay, I get that. Okay, I'm offering an opportunity. There are places that have noon masses. You know, it just depends on where you work, where you live, you know, how you could make that happen. But I, you know, I'm only talking about one or two. I'm not saying five. I'm saying one or two. Okay. And I think the beauty of the Catholic faith, one of the things, you know, I came from Protestantism. And one of the things that I've been so amazed at is just that, first off, I can pretty much go anywhere. You know, any Mm -hmm. any Catholic church that I stop in, it's not going to feel as strange as, like when I was a Protestant, for example, we wouldn't generally go on vacation just stop by a random Protestant church on a Sunday. We didn't know what was going to happen. You don't know happen. what you're getting into. No, but with Catholicism, I know what I'm getting into. I, I can recognize the mass instantly. And we've got all these mm-hmm. opportunities all around us. So, yes, I work way far away from the Basilica. I can't just drive out for a daily mass. But there's a church literally two mile, um, less than a mile down the road and daily mass at noon. So perfectly easy. Exactly. Number five. Use some of that evening you now have that you're not doom scrolling to spend quality time with your family. Why not play a game or why not watch uh, a 
some episodes of The Chosen? Or why not watch a good religious film? Uh, you know, one maybe one of the old Bing Crosby ones, you know, The Bells of St. Mary's. Or, you know, it, lots of opportunities here. You know, something that puts the family together, spends some quality time. Uh, I like the game idea because I think it can be fun. Now, granted, if your family's not good with Monopoly, don't play Monopoly, okay? But there's lots of other great games today that even people have to answer questions and get you get to know them in a deeper way. So there's lots of good stuff out there right now. I think that is a really good idea, and I think there's a lot of people. My family is really big into games and we've learned that there's there's so many options beyond the normal what people think of as games monopoly sorry mm-hmm, all of those things mm-hmm. so many games so many fun things you can do as a family we've had just a ton of fun watching the interactions and getting to know the kids even better just by spending that time exactly exactly and number 6 what about making a specific effort to eradicate a specific sin or bad habit. So set up a way you're going to work at that specific sin. Like if you're a gossiper and you want to quit gossiping, you start, first off, you talk to some friends about say, I'm working on this and I want you to help me. Number two, maybe you say every time I gossip, it's a quarter in the jar or it's an IOU in the jar for a quarter. I don't care. Put put poker chips in that mean a certain amount, whatever. But then at the end of Lent, you give that all to charity. Or, you know, if you're trying to stop swearing, same kind of thing, you know, swear jar. Or, yep. you know, there's just lots of a specific bad habit or sin that you want to eradicate. Here's an opportunity to do some work on it and to be really focused on it, you know, to say, you know, I'm going to catch myself every time and I'm going to ask others to catch me. Well, and 40 days, I mean, what, what do they say? It takes 21 day. It takes 21 times of doing something uh, that or not doing something to make it a habit. Okay. To start to form a habit. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where I was going. So yeah, this opportunity is it's 40 days. It's a great way to just really, yeah, start to settle on some of these things and work it into a habit of mm-hmm. not doing or doing, because I'm, I'm assuming that could be part mm-hmm. of this too, is something yeah. I want to pick up as well. If you want to pick up a good habit, yeah, that'd be the way. Well, number seven is take some time. Say, I'm going to say probably 10 to 15 minutes, nothing major, to go to a Catholic church and sit in front of the tabernacle and spend some time with the Lord. Spend some time pouring out your heart that day of what you're unhappy about, what you're happy about, what you need help with. Ten minutes of it before the Lord. First off, that's called prayer, okay? But secondly, you're specifically going and spending time in adoration, it's referred to, before the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle. And it's all you have to do is take one time a week in the 40, uh, 40 days, Uh you know, so one each one time each week, or you could even say, you know, I'm going to do this a couple times during throughout, you know, each week. So there's another opportunity for prayer, time with the Lord, etc. Well, and just think of the change. You're literally sitting in a room with Jesus physically there in mm-hmm. the tabernacle, mm-hmm. and time spent literally with God, 
it has to make a huge change in our lives over time. Exactly. Exactly. Now, the other one, I had said you could read a spiritual book, but you know what I've also done with some people? Because I realized how many young people, especially young adults, who have never read the classics. You know, they've never read The Yearling, or they've never read anything from Charles Dickens, or they've never read Jane Austen, or any of the, I'm talking good literature, okay? Wholesome, okay. healthy, wonderful literature. Not junk books, good literature, okay? So pick up that every night you're going to read part of this piece of literature during um, the season of Lent. Now, now, granted, I'm not saying to you that this is like going to improve your spiritual life, so to speak, but I think it improves us as human beings. So it's still a positive thing for Lent. So a couple of books. You, you mentioned Charles Dickens. Do you have anything in mind other than just... Well, when I think of Charles Dickens, I immediately think of David Copperfield, Oliver Twist, uh, Tale of Two Cities. Tale you know, of Two I, Cities is great. There's just a lot of great, great books that they do have wonderful moral themes to them. So they're very positive. I don't know how you feel about this. So let's find out. Um, are you familiar with Audible? The um, um, Amazon yeah, service? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Okay. So I've got that and I have made my way through so many huge books, you know, Tolstoy and mm -hmm. I mean, just all kinds of stuff that I probably wouldn't have made it through reading because I don't have the time to sit and read, but I'm mowing the lawn or I'm driving somewhere and I can listen to the books that way. And I'm still getting the, the book. I made it through Taylor two. I mean, I can't even think of all these things that I've made it through. Yeah. It's a very inexpensive service. And I think it's something to look into if this is an interesting component to you. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a way to do it. The only thing that I'm trying to think is if I'm making you tech fast, I want to like make you busy enough with something non-technology. The other piece of the puzzle is here. I, I think that we're losing the ability to sit with a good book and curl up and, you know, get lost, so to speak. You know, no, I, I completely get that. I do enjoy the fact that I can get in the car and whenever I'm, you know, traveling, I, I'm not listening to the radio, but I'm working yeah. my way through books and whatever. So it depends on the person, but yeah. it, it is a way to, to get into some of these classics. And like you said, Tale of Two Cities. Yeah. The moral, moral value of that is huge. Exactly. And it's worth checking out. Exactly. All right. What number was that? Was that eight? That was eight. Now we're on number nine. And I'm going to say, well, we could, we go to the old standby, avoid your favorite food, your favorite drink, give it up. And when each time you acknowledge like you're not doing it, you know, you thank God for the opportunity to grow closer to him by sacrificing something you love or desire. So that's pretty typical. If you were giving up your favorite food or drink, Father, what would that be? Oh, well, if it was favorite food, it would probably be cookies. Oh. I am a cookieaholic. All right. <laughs> um, I, I admit it. Uh, my name is Ron Hutchinson. I'm a cookieaholic. And um, if I were to give up my favorite drink, I'd have to give up bourbon. But oh. I'm not giving up either of those this year. I decided not to give up a favorite food or anything. I'm tech fasting is actually All right. what I'm Yeah, doing. no, I, I, I like that. I've struggled with tech fasting because one of the things I do for my job is manage and watch the social media for the company. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's tough to turn that off at night because that's when people are complaining about stuff and I'd like to catch it ahead of time. Yeah, I get it. But 
I hate being immersed in that world. So I still think it's worth doing and getting out of that for some time. I think what you could do is say, okay, I am going to shut it off and I will check it one time throughout the year. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable solution there. You know, but I just, we've got to get away from the doom scrolling because the problem is it just leads us down a horrible path. No, I like that. I, so giving up the food, I've given up coffee in, in the past and- that's brutal. Oh, brutal. Oh, no, no. That's I've decided nobody yeah, wins when that happens. Yeah, that's I think when you do something like that, you have to choose wisely. You know, don't, exactly. be, don't be dumb about it. Uh, <laughs> so, What's next? The 10th. Add a small amount of prayer to each day. So 10 minutes, 10 minutes that you didn't do before in a way that you haven't done before. So, okay. Maybe it's going to be 10 minutes of, you know, listening to uh, a spiritual song and then, you know, reflecting on it. Or it's going to be um, just 10 minutes of, you know, pouring out your heart to God. Or, you know, and we've sort of talked about this a little bit with the in front of the tabernacle, the Blessed Sacrament. But Mm -hmm. this would be just wherever you are. So 10 minutes of your lunch hour. 10 minutes of your morning sitting with a cup of coffee, whatever it may be. But, you know, people are always saying to me, oh, I, you know, I just can't seem to fit prayer into my life. Oh, yeah, you can. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Well, And I think that's, yeah, one of the best things we can do, and it's not always possible, but if we want to really have success, it's to set a time, find that time and make it a, you know, something that that happens at this point every day. And yeah, it's, it, I think it's, and it's nothing wrong with sitting with a cup of coffee while you're praying. There's not, you know, God doesn't say you can't drink your cup of coffee and pray at the same time. Maybe it means that you're not using that 10 minutes to have the TV on or the radio on, or, you know, we, I, I think we don't realize how much time we just kind of like blow every day that we could use wisely and well. Right. And I don't think the prayer thing is necessarily me sitting there talking all the time either. Of course it's not. No. It can just be sitting and reflecting, reflecting on how you want your day to look, how, how, how you want it to give glory to God that day. It, it can be a variety. Prayer is a variety of things. It isn't just one thing, okay? And the more we can get people to get that, prayer doesn't seem quite so uh, scary. Absolutely. What about rosary and stuff like that? Any of the old? That could be another opportunity. I will say a rosary is not a 10-minute thing. Rosary is more like a 20 to 30-minute mm-hmm. thing. So, I mean, it is possible. But, you know, I just, I was looking for some real small things, you know, the ways to, like, have some little time with God. Lent is just about doing anything that's going to help you to come alive, to be renewed, you know, to, to be more in touch or focus with God, um, or focus internally, even looking in yourself, you know? So, um, all those things are positive. Um, some of them that I suggested are much more, you know, kind of traditionally spiritual. Some of them are, are less so, you know, but they're all good. Absolutely. And I think really the money one, the big money one is the first one, uh, the tech fast, because when you yeah, think about unfortunately tech, this year, I'm pushing it big time. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's unfortunate. I think, you know, it's not going to be fun to listen to all the time, but it's important because really when you think about it, Lent's about drawing closer to God, you know, improving our spiritual life. And I can't think of very many things that I spend time wasted, you know, waste time on 
online, you know, social media or whatever, those things don't generally in, in the end of things, draw me closer to God. They don't make you feel good about yourself. They don't, they, they don't often just feel like lost time. It does. And once you've cut that out, even for this little bit, you find how much time that's where you've opened up all the time to add in some of these other things. I mean, it's a big move. It's a tough thing to do at first because it feels Mm -hmm. very weird to sit on a couch and not hold something and scroll through it. It's a Mm -hmm. weird feeling. We're not used to that. At least a lot of us aren't. But once we get a few days into this 21 days, you said, or 21 times of doing something 21 times in a row. Yeah. We'll start to realize this is all right. And I don't miss it. It's not the most horrible thing. Well, anything else you want to leave us with? Before we wrap this one up, I just want to uh, encourage everyone to do something to make their Lent uh, an opportunity to come to Easter uh, with a heart that's more open, uh, more joy filled, uh, closer to the Lord than it was before you began. Absolutely. Well, with that said, thanks for listening. And as Father Ron just said, we pray that Lent 2024 is a time of spiritual growth for everybody out there. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and please share any Lenten practices that you've adopted that have been incredibly meaningful to you and your families. Sharing those with our listeners can really help all of us grow closer to the Lord. For Intentionally Catholic, I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Father Ron Hutchinson. God bless. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Catholic. If you like what you heard, please consider sharing our show with a friend. If you have comments, questions, or topics you'd like to hear discussed, please email those to comments at icatholic.show. And be sure to tune in next time for another episode.